0: Welcome to The Artist Notepad, where we talk artistry, we talk
1: life, and we talk. I'm Jack. And I'm David. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of our Deep Tan series. Today we're talking a bit about our cultural upbringing. Today's topic was actually suggested by Amelia Grace Crowley, shout out to you. And she asks, the culture that shaped us, how Korean and Australian culture has influenced you, and how... English, Jamaican, and Australian culture influenced Jack. But first, Jack, how are you doing, buddy? How are you doing? Buddy old pal, I'm alright. My buddy old I'm
0: pal. I'm alright. Bit of a bit of a day, you know, one of those days. But glad to be talking to you, David. Glad to be, oh. to be doing the podcast. This <laughs> still is one of the highlights of my week. So I'm looking forward to jumping into a deep turn pizza with
1: you that's good man I'm glad this is one of your highlights that 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 means a lot to me too but in before anyways, I ask
0: you how you're doing David yes um, I'd like to pause for our new segment Jack's weather report
1: <laughs> Done. so Wait, today do you, do you have, a, do you have a, yeah I'm just gonna it? put
0: in the same one again I'm just that's that's gonna be my theme now did you like that by the way
1: bro it was amazing it was actually so, amazing. I actually not think my texts telling you that it's amazing did it justice. So let me I tell know, you right I, now. I didn't
0: feel validated. I had to like tell you how I did it because, yeah, because I, I was just like, wow, <laughs> I thought this was really cool. And you were just like, yeah, man, that's cool. And I'm just
1: like, nah, <laughs> nah, come on. Straight up. People always say I have an issue of like not being enthusiastic, <laughs> en- like enthusiastic enough when like they're like, hey, look how crazy this is. And I'm like, yeah, it's cool. But you I really mean me up, like man. it's really cool. Yeah, I should be I should be
0: more I, I had to compose that music around yeah. the thing that I already recorded. So it wasn't on the grid or anything guys. <laughs> that was just that was just overdub all overdub. Anyway. It's crazy. Flex over. But um today the weather was it was okay. It was it was pretty warm. Highs mm-hmm. of 22 degrees, but it was a bit cloudy, so it wasn't as clear as we've had recently. But um mm-hmm. Got quite cool towards the afternoon. Cool southerly breeze coming through. <laughs> but <laughs> nice, that's that's nice. that's all that's all for our weather report today. So David, how how Thank are you Jack doing
1: for that? Doing pretty good, buddy. I got my um, Zitho Zitho Zesty Pale Ale with me. Um, I see you got your brewski with you as well. Of course. Um, of first course. first week back to my last study period for my for aim and i'm feeling good i can already tell it's kind of going to be kind of intense but being ready for this so it's good to good to go <laughs> i don't know um but today i had a good day um we just went out with my i've been spending a lot of time with my siblings with my two sisters we went out to the city darling square it's this nice little place near chinatown that just has heaps of good like Food and dessert places. So we mm. had a good afternoon there, and now I'm here, ready to talk about culture, Jack. The culture, culture that shaped us.
0: Let's do it, man. So I think we already mentioned, but you're you're Korean Australian, and mm-hmm. I am English Jamaican Australian. So we're both immigrants into Australia. Um, yep. I arrived in Australia when I was five years old. How old were
1: you? I was two. So too. in some ways, wow. in some ways you could just say like, I was basically born here, but I was mm. born in Korea, a city called Bupyeong, shout out to my hometown. I've been there once actually, um, when I first went to Korea, I wanted to see where I potentially would have grown up, but yeah, a place mm. called Bupyeong, near Seoul City, but yeah, that's where I was born and I came here when I was two. I didn't know you came here. I think I've you've said it or you've mentioned it a few times that you came when you were five, but but you yeah. just don't
0: listen to me. But that's alright. Yeah, came the time, when I was five
1: like like eighty percent of what you say kind of just goes out the other. Year, well,
0: that that's of- suitable because about ninety percent <laughs> of what I say is completely pointless. So you got it pretty good, um, yeah, man.
1: I got you figured out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was born
0: in Enfield Hospital in London, oh. um, so. I'll ask you after I explain, David. But I moved out to Australia because <clears throat> my dad got a um, a job opportunity out here. So he he went on. He was actually on a trip out here. Really enjoyed it. Um, my mom went out, checked it out. They were just like, "Yeah, let's do it." And then yeah, we we moved when I was five. My brother was eight, um, and that was mm-hmm. in two thousand and three. Um, and then yeah. It's 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 it was an interesting period of getting used to Australia. I, I I said some strange things about Australia which I consistently said for a while and everyone was just like, What the hell are you talking about? And I <laughs> I knew that I perfectly understood them. Um so I okay, I just explained, but Yeah, So yeah. there's this thing that I always used to say which was like to my to my family, I'd be like, So when are we going to the real Australia? And Interesting. And yeah. they, they they would always be just like, What do you what do you mean? Like <laughs> this is the real Australia Australia. and I I remember like quite a few times they were just like do you mean like the outback are you talking about like you know like and I'd always be like no no the real Australia (laughs) how old were you this was when you were five yeah well like for a year I think or so so five to six and I remember being so sure about what it meant and so annoyed that no one could understand (laughs) what I meant but now I've got no idea what I did mean um all I know is that I didn't think it was the real Australia, which is kind of funny given these days Australia has like this mythical reputation of like, you see those posts from people in America. Mm. And it's just like, is, is Australia a real place? <laughs> Does Australia actually exist? And it's just like, I know we all know about Australia, but has anyone actually been to Australia? And they're all just like,
1: oh my God, is Australia
0: real? And it's just like, I was, I was Australia's over here being up. like, yeah. I want to go to the real Australia. So it's funny how funny how it all ties together but when um not when why did you move over to Australia
1: well similar to how you shared of um your dad finding a a job opportunity here so my dad is a he's a tenor and he started singing classical like opera style or like as a tenor since he was in like um I believe like early 20s or like around our age or a bit younger Mm. and I think when he had me he was around how old was he he was 30 in his 30s and I think he found a job opportunity in in the opera house I believe and then he he came here first and he I think performed and from this is just like off The top of my head, I gotta fact check this with my parents, but and then so he came here first for stayed for a year, and then mum came with um my older sister and me, but yeah, mm-hmm. that's why we came as well. Um, but later on, it got kind of got into the I think the main reason why our parents wanted to come here was to give us that better life from mm-hmm. Korea to here because the hustle that they would have had to put in Korea would have been a lot more than here. Maybe I can't say that with confidence because the hustle that they had here was crazy. Like, I think like, it's a great example of that um, immigrant coming over to a new country, a better country so that the children could have a better life. I think, Mm. yeah, I'm reaping and I'm benefiting from all the hard work they put in, like all the seeds they sowed or like they planted and now, yeah, I'm I'm reaping from that, so mm. so grateful, so thankful. But yeah, it's interesting that your is that your earliest memory? Just to jump back to you, is that the earliest memory you have from of coming to Australia? Is that you? You were like, where where are we going? Like when when were no, no. we going to the real I, Australia? I remember I remember
0: other stuff, but I remember being like very defiant as well about um, how Australia was not my home. How I was England was my home. And Mm -hmm. I always had this like hope that we would go back home and England was still what I considered to be home. And so like when we moved out to Australia, we didn't have any family over here. Um, All my family was back in England or over in Jamaica or, you know, more family family now. Uh, Yes, but they live in Adelaide and we're not like, not super close with them. Like we'll, you know, right. it's it's nice to see them and stuff, but we don't we we're not like in touch with them or anything. Um, we've gone over to visit them once, and I think they came over one time to us as well. I don't really remember, but um, yeah, I remember for a long time being really defiant about like wanting to go back home, and yeah, so because because like my family spread out, um, the majority of my family is spread out over England, Jamaica, and then Miami as well, which is a bit more distant family. And I think maybe that, like, the, the fact that there was no family out here and mm-hmm. combined by the fact that, like, I had to leave, like, my closest friend at the time, who was obviously still back in England. Um, I think those factors for me, it was just like, this isn't my home. Um, mm. But it was interesting because, I mean, eventually I adjusted, but it took quite a long time for me to consider Australia my home. And it was quite like, I was quite stubborn about it, I think. It was almost like I didn't want to admit that like this was my new life. Um, and I don't think it's because mm. I didn't like Australia. That's the weird thing. I think I just like romanticized what England was like. Um,
1: mm. And So, there was a part of you where it was like, like or like you always question like, oh, when are we going to go back? But it's like that just kind of stayed with you growing up as well. Like, oh, what, what would it have been like when? If I was to grow up there, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, for a number yeah. of years, for a number, of, and I still like not often, but every now and then I will think about it and be like, "What would life have been like if I didn't, if we didn't come right. here?" Yeah, I do wonder about that. I, I'm not saying like I, I wish for that to be the case. I just it just crosses my mind. I, I think that, um, despite the fact that I have really missed family, uh, my extended family, mm. I think that I have had a better life in Australia than I probably would have had in England. Um mm. and I'll I'll probably start expanding more on that when we start talking about Australian culture. Um yeah. but yeah, I I I have like I do consider Australia my home, but it's interesting when people ask me like where are you from? Like mm. I will still say England because that's where I was born. Um and like what's your ethnicity? I will say English because that's where I was born. And for me like I've always just seen it as like you are where you were born um so if if my kids are born in australia then they'll be australian but they'll have a heritage of english and jamaican so Mm. when people introduce me as jamaican i'm sometimes like well and english i'm always like and english not because (laughs) not because i'm like so proud of the fact that i'm english it's just because like i don't want people thinking that um like that's what i identify as i don't like that's that's part of me for sure but like at the end of the day i still consider myself english even though i've lived in australia for 17 years and i lived yeah. in england for five um i just for me it's just been something where it's just like you are where you were born like that's your yeah. i'm english and i no, would I say that, that you're korean but um yeah. i know some people who are immigrants want to leave behind that like that uh, label from where they were from and so, mm. if they came to Australia, they would want to say, I'm Australian. I suppose it's also to do with, like, if you have memories or not. Because I still have memories of being, like, growing up those first five years in England. I still remember when we came to Australia. So, like, for me, it, it's not like that's another life. Like, that's right. part of my life. And so, I still see myself as English. What about you? Do you see, like, if someone said, where are you from? Like, I guess for you, I guess it's pretty different because you, well, you're not white. So, you can't, like... <laughs> For yeah. me for me it's just like I was gonna say you don't look Australian, but that's not true like you do because Australia is multicultural. Um, yeah. but basically you're not white like so for yeah, me yeah. it's like people um, no one would assume that I'm not Australian, but someone like might look at you and assume you're not, which I think that would be ignorant. I would never like assume that someone's an immigrant unless that they say so. I even saw like this thing recently about Aboriginals like, Black Aboriginals mm. having problems with people saying, "Like, oh, are you African?"
1: Oh, really? And it's just like, bro, like we've been here longer
0: than you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've
1: never heard that before because I thought Aboriginal people have features that are quite yeah yeah I agree to themselves. I agree. It's kind of like if you were to look at Islanders, like you can distinguish right away if someone's like an Islander compared yeah. to like generally African, most of the time. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, but like I. Uh, for me, like I sort of would never assume someone was something unless that they said so, or unless they started talking and they had an accent, and then I would, like, f- I would never ask where someone's from unless it came up. Like that's something that yeah. I've realized once I started encountering more immigrants in Australia is mm. I find that especially like um, people who are whose skin color does not match like the basically stereotypical anyone white.
1: anyone who doesn't look white yeah would have an extra layer yeah extra layer of like meaning when it's when the question is posed of like oh where are you from exactly exactly yeah it's kind of like it's already implied what they mean when they ask that question especially when it's it's i I, I don't care i don't care yeah yeah. like i just don't care and so like people will
0: ask, like even this is a crazy thing man even in yeah like in sydney people will be like oh where are you from in sydney and that's a big deal to them <laughs> for some people yep yeah like i'm not i'm not gonna go down that that's a <laughs> no that's but a that's slope, it's a that true
1: one. that's an australian culture as well i think it comes from like the culture in the states of like um repping your hood kind of thing but i guess like the states is like an older brother of Australia, so it's like we kind of adopt that as well. Where it's like, oh, where yeah. are you from? It's like, oh yeah, I'm from Lakemba, or like oh, I'm from Lidcombe, I'm from Blacktown, I'm from you know in the west, I'm from the the shore, all that kind of stuff. Because I feel like I don't take it like I I completely take that question of like just out of curiosity. Because I think when when someone asks you where you're from and once once like your background, your cultural background is already discussed, it's like the area you're from, it tells you a lot about who you are and like how mm, you grew up, what kind of people you grew up, I, I your mindset, like how you that, talk. I don't, but like then, I don't like that. I don't mind that. I understand I can see, it completely. I can, That's see why.
0: Some, I can see some similarities in it. But what I don't like is the fact that if you're not from an area, which generally people hang out with, yeah. that they would instantly think less of you. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I don't like the fact that like people, people don't get a chance sometimes because they're from a certain place and it works both ways. Like it goes snobbery and then it also goes like area mentality. And it's like people sometimes yeah. like if you say you're from somewhere and they don't like that area, then they'll, they won't give you a chance. And to me, like, that's just like, what, what? you know, like just have a conversation before you decide whether you don't like someone. And so... First of all, like, I'll never get offended if someone asks me where I'm from. Like, I'll, I'll always tell them, um, even if I might get confused about it. Like, do you mean, like, country <laughs> or do you mean, like, <laughs> suburb? But, yeah. like, what I what I don't <laughs> like is that, um, and it goes both ways, man. I've I've spoken to, uh, okay, so this one time I was being introduced to someone, right? Yep. And they're Jamaican, okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, okay,
1: wait. Before you go into the story, I, I just had this question as you were talking earlier. Okay, but, yeah, yeah. And this might be a silly question, but is there is there um, like is there a Jamaican language or is English still like the main language in Jamaica? I actually don't have much knowledge of like mm. that the country, so it, it might be a silly question. But no, no, it's a, not. It's not. Yeah.
0: So um, it's English, but uh, there's a street street slang called patois and um yeah yeah that it's like it's very thick um and it's sometimes thick enough that you can't understand what they're saying even though technically they're speaking english but But it's almost yeah, like yeah. another language sometimes when it, like like when i even when i've like watched documentaries and t- at times and i and i hear like patois being spoken like very strongly yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. I I sometimes like I am struggling to oh, bro. Hold there's up so much swagger. I say into I say, that, I say yeah. even I. It's like I I haven't spent anywhere near that much time there. And I, last time I went to Jamaica was a long time ago. But um, it takes a long time to to understand certain phrases yeah, and things. Yeah. Like you see a lot For of sure. it in grime culture. Like little um, little mm. little phrases here and there which have come into um, grime culture. Like how people say ting now. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. Caribbean thing, right? A Caribbean thing. Yeah, yeah, ting. yeah. And like mm-hmm. that, like, <laughs> I, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of Caribbean immigrants in, in England, which is where right. the influences come from in Grime, which I find fascinating. Um,
1: Interesting.
0: But um, yeah, there's plenty of people with no Caribbean heritage at all who will say things like ting and... Yeah, there's yeah. plenty of other little things that you'd find in grime where you'd be like like mandem like all, mandem it's, and ting is so it's, it's all, so all influence yeah. yeah it's all influence from um like jamaica and some of the mm-hmm. other caribbean islands but
1: interesting yeah
0: um just Sorry back to, to my, interrupt no, your no, story. that's all good. keep going. Um, yeah so yeah i, I was being int- introduced to to this person who was jamaican right and um they said hi and they kind of were like very flat with me, right? They're really flat, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> I see where the, it's the going. The person here. who I was with was just like, "Oh yeah, by the way, like Jack's Jamaican," and they were just like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> "What did he say? Go, go!" <laughs> They're
0: like, "Oh, Wagwan, <laughs> <laughs> what, what? Wagwan. It's like Wagwan. A, it's like a greeting, like a Jamaican right. greeting, and um." Right. And I I, I started laughing at the time because I was like, "That's funny like the way that they like opened up. Instantly changes, instantly changes,
1: bro. Yeah, the air changes.
0: But but the more I thought about it, the more that made me feel uncomfortable. It's just like, so you weren't even willing to give me a, a chance. Like you weren't giving me like the time of day before you found out I had Jamaican heritage. And all of a sudden now I'm someone that you'd associate with like now, and i I, underst- I understand like the fact that it's just like if you're part of a minority and you meet someone else that's part of that minority it's just like oh cool we're in this together and like i don't personally consider myself a minority let, let me put that out there but someone that you can yeah. connect with um like this person was black so obviously it's more of a isolating thing for them because mm-hmm. like i don't get um persecution for being for having Jamaican heritage obviously mm. whereas black Jamaicans in white countries would receive persecution they would receive racism um i i'm haven't like been on the end of racism like i barely ever like um mm. because i'm white and so it's not an an issue for me um but yeah it, it's it's a very interesting thing how like
1: yeah people i, I think i think we've had this type of conversation before I'm but sure we i have. feel like i feel like the, there's a, there's a human aspect of finding commonalities that help people come together. Yeah. Remember we've had conversations about like community, how it's essential for people to thrive and like they they all people seek community identity purpose and stuff like that. And when you're able to identify yourself in a certain way, it backs that up. That's what I believe. I, I get that's, that. That's why. I yeah, get yeah. that. But I just
0: feel like it goes too far sometimes where I have been ignored and then mm. all of a sudden it's just like, oh, like come like, you know, yeah, yeah. give me a hug. No, I, basically, I like it's, it's, it's like yeah. one extreme to the other. I get the fact just like, oh, cool. We've got that in common. Right. But that like, yeah. that shouldn't be like a make or break factor for me. Like it shouldn't be like, if you're not Jamaican, mm. then I won't acknowledge you. If you are, mm. then come talk mm. to me for 15 minutes, you know. It mm. should be like, okay, we're small talking. You find out I'm Jamaican. It's like, oh, cool. That's added another like five minutes onto our conversation because now you we've reached a sense of commonality and that might lead into other parts of like conversation, which is also going to find that we've got stuff in common because this person, and I did have a conversation with them afterwards, we did have mm. other stuff in common, but they never would have found that out if they hadn't found out that I had Jamaican heritage in common with them. And so, yeah, I, I just I, I understand it, but I just think it goes too far sometimes. And when people are being isolated because of their race, um, that's or because of where they're from, like it's not just race. It's, it's like um, like just graphical geological location. Like it it's I don't know, that's pretty problematic for me, but um, I, I understand it. I understand that like community aspect, but I just think, yeah, maybe it's a little too extreme at times
1: did it kind of ease down a lot more from where where it used to be when you had that encounter? Like, if you look at yourself now, has that kind of, like, have you reached a better understanding of why it's like that? Or do you still feel like there's a little bit of grudge or like, oh, why is it has to be this way kind of thing? Like, look, I can kind of tell by how you're s- talking about it already, but like, just I don't, to see I how far- I yeah. wouldn't go as far to say grudge,
0: but what I have done is I've told some of my friends- to stop introducing me as their Jamaican friend. Right. Because, um, and I, okay. I actually, I, like, I had this conversation with T, right? when, he, Whenever yeah. T was introducing me to any of any black people, he would say, yeah. oh, Jack's Jamaican. And it, it was as yeah. if this, it was as if it was this thing it was just like oh because he's got like some black family that means that he can hang out with us and I know T never meant it like that because we had a conversation about this and he mm. he said I don't know like he said part of it was subconscious but the other part was just like I know that they would respond well to that and to me I was just like look and I don't know maybe this is bad but I said if they're the sort of people who won't like accept me for being white then I don't Mm. want to be friends with them because Mm. I'm not going to ignore someone because they're black. So I I don't want to hang out with people who are going to ignore me because I'm white. And I know it's very different because you could say that black people have more of a reason to be um, skeptical about white people. That would absolutely be a fair thing to say um, in terms of like persecution. Um, But I don't know. For me, it's just like I, I want to be around people who are going to be open to me and not see me just as a white dude. I want people to see me as sure. Jack. And like um, obviously when you first meet someone, um, your first impression is almost always based on their physical appearance. That's that's a very natural thing, even when it's mm. subconscious. Um, but that just makes me feel really uncomfortable. And so mm, mm, mm. I've told – like, and he wasn't the only one, T, but I've told – all my friends basically don't tell people I'm Jamaican unless it comes up because I don't. Want, I don't want it to come across as me also being like, "Hey guys, <laughs> it's cool." I'm hey guys, Jamaican. yeah. Don't yeah. worry about it. Like, <laughs> don't even sweat it. Like, I can hang with you guys, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, no. Nah, I, I yeah. extra just street be,
1: cred. Street cred. P- plus exactly. 10. It's just like yeah. I,
0: I'll just be me, and and that's the thing. It's like all through high school as well, and like I went to like a white high school, you know, like. There, there mm. were obviously other ethnicities, but it was largely white. Um, all through high school, it was always like whenever I told people... And this still happens, man. This still happens. Whenever I tell people that I'm Jamaican or that I have Jamaican heritage, they all yeah. go, what? No way. And it's just like, I don't want my Jamaican heritage to be something that's fetishized. I don't want it to be like, oh, wow, that's yeah. so interesting. You're Jamaican. Mm, it's just like, mm. well, that's so interesting. You're Australian. Like, it's... yeah. It's just like something that's part of my background. Like I, I don't want it to be like this, oh my gosh. Wow. Like sure. I, I don't I don't mind if people go, Oh really? That's really interesting. But when people are just like, No way, or like I like, do you know how many times I've told people and they've
1: said, You're lying?
0: Yeah, like yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. don't
1: believe me? I mean, I mean, I mean in to some extent it like you you like you were so used to that reaction by now. And it makes sense because you look completely just white. Like you would expect someone to have mixed blood to have some sort of features. You know what I mean? Maybe that's mm-hmm. just an ignorant way to think about things. But I mean, if you um, just try to put yourself in those people's shoes, then I guess you could come to an understanding. To you, it's like, it's just part of me. This is who I like, this is how I'm built kind of thing. But it's not a big deal. But I don't know. I, yeah. just, I just don't like it. And I don't like- I don't like before. Before we go down too deep into this <laughs> rabbit hole, I think just to facilitate this conversation a bit better, I think I'll I'll just say what what my view on that kind of is a little bit, and then go let's start to talk about. Let's just have a conversation about um how this cultural upbringing has affected us, or like maybe talk about language, talk about like traditions mm. or stuff like that, so we can kind of expand a bit more. But my view on it, I think as you said earlier i'm korean i'm a i am korean i am I look very much asian <laughs> i got asian features so if someone sees me and my legal name is very korean so my legal name is Chun. so that's that's what's on my passport, yeah. my birth certificate when i apply for stuff my it's my korean name so many times i have conversations where f- for me it's like how do you pronounce your name it's like do you do you just say Do? It's like, no, that's not my whole first name. It's Do And that's how you pronounce it. And they try to attempt it. And it's like, oh yeah, whatever. Just call me Do. Or like, just call me David. Just to just to like kind of get past that stage. But I don't have any... I feel like I understand when people want to find out. Like if it's an Asian to Asian. And then like if another Asian person was like to me, oh, like where you from? I think it goes straight to, oh yeah, I'm Korean. But... You know, I can't. I came when I was two, so I'm I'm basically Australian. Like that's how I would explain it, or even to like fellow Koreans. But if it's different um, nationalities or different um, ethnicity, then they they might ask me where I'm from. I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm from Lidcomb I don't know why it's like that, but it's just so normal for me to explain it that way. Where it's like, <laughs> oh, I'm from Lidcomb I grew up in Lidcomb basically. Yeah, but if you're asking me, and I go, but if you're asking me where I'm originally from, then I'm from here. But I'm Australian, kind of thing. Mm. But yeah, that's that. I think I understand why people want to find that commonality or just have a bit more detail. It's like a way of conversation. I don't think as as I said, I I completely understand. Yeah. I
0: get it to to a certain extent, but yeah, there's, yeah. there's just another part that's that doesn't sit well with me. But I, I get I get it to a certain extent. I get your side. I think, I I think side, that if yeah. I was more like identifiable as Jamaican, I think maybe mm. maybe it would bother me less because I would mm-hmm. I would be a minority then. If I was black, then I would be a minority. And so I think I would understand more of that community aspect of other minorities like wanting to come together because it's just like oh there's there's not that many people like you um sorry that like me that I see around and you you look like me so like where are you from like and it's like oh cool like, similar place and stuff but I don't know right. I I I think maybe I'm just a bit naive Maybe maybe in if it, I put it this I way it'll help you. Yeah, yeah. Just just yeah, just to finish up. I I think maybe I'm a bit naive because like I just I don't want it to be a thing. I really don't want it to be a thing. I hate that yeah. like I hate that people are treated differently because of their race. And because mm-hmm. of that I think that um I think it's just a bit of an idealistic response where I just don't want people to even care because I don't care, but it's easy for me to not care because I don't get persecuted because of my colour. So it's easy mm. for me to not care. I don't have to defend my my race. Um, yeah. So. I, I can see how like my side of things is not. uh, my Because of my experience as a English Jamaican Australian has been, it hasn't been a very challenging one racially. Mm i I haven't needed to yeah really like push out my identity and have to seek other people who are who share my racial identity, so because of that, I can see how like I definitely would have some naivety in my opinion,
1: yeah, now I completely get you to close off this combo. I think there's the only thing that just popped into my head while we're talking to this right uh, talking about this topic or like this subject is. Just say you work to go to like a foreign country, you were to go, like you came from another country and you came to a foreign yeah, country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're I know, I know. Yeah. But it's <laughs> like, just say you went to somewhere completely just out, outside, Like, just say you went to Japan. Yeah. Right. And you stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. And then you see another like white person, but then that white person has an Aussie accent. Or whatever, like a British accent or something. No, bro, I know. Say, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, so, like, I, I'm sure it's like that. If you think about it in that way, I think it's like it make it clicks. And like, I'm not. I think I g- get. I think you understand where where other people are coming from as well. But yeah, just to put that out there. I, as I, I said,
0: think, I th- I think it comes from a place of, um, idealistic, like an unrealistic, like wishful thinking of like. I yeah. don't want race to be a thing. <laughs> but it is a thing. And it's just like but I yeah, there's, yeah. there's that part of me that just goes, yeah. Can we not just see each other as black and white as Jamaican as English as Australian, but we do. Um but there is we that part of me that, yeah. that doesn't want to have the conversation because I just want us to be two people talking about mm. what what I don't know, yeah. Whatever yeah. whatever is relevant mm. at the time and like I, I'm not saying that race is irrelevant because I think culture is important and I think that our background and our heritage is important but sometimes it comes up where it's just like the first thing that we talk about and I'm just like can it not be the first <laughs> thing like can we get to this a bit later can we first about, talk sure. about like okay we're both at a music event so like you know, like what's,
1: hey, or, or no. why are
0: we both here? You know, like, are sure, you sure. seeing this act? Oh, same act. Oh, how do you know this person? Oh, cool. Yeah, they're like we, yeah. And then maybe later on, but I understand. I understand how it's mm-hmm. easy for me to say that when I'm surrounded by people who look like me.
1: Yeah. I didn't think we'd be talking about that. For Neither several, did I. <laughs> but let's um try to move on. Let's talk about our upbringing. So a question that I had for you and then I'll try to answer it after. But did you have any sort of like traditional um, like English or Jamaican traditions that you were brought up with? Or was it very much like um, once you came to Australia, it's like everything's just in English and you just kind of went with the flow of how Australian education or like your household was it very much like your parents just adapted to Australia and it was just like cool we're just Aussies now or is it like like did grandma have any play in your in your your coming up or, or actually no you said she was she stayed she didn't come to Australia right you visited her my grandma
0: yeah 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 she stayed in England yeah
1: yeah 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 so was it was it more like once you came to Australia you were just like I'm Aussie, but this is this is where my roots are, kind of thing. Mm. So as I said, like I, it was a long
0: time before I considered myself an Aussie. Like it was a long yeah. time, um, and and I didn't didn't want to really. I I wanted to hold on to that English side in terms of language barriers. There were none because no one in Everyone, my family yeah. can speak any other language apart from English. It was always just English. Mm. Um, like my dad. Um, he he went to boarding school in England, so um, hmm. he grew up there. So he's like spent more time in England than Jamaica. I think I might have that wrong, but I'm pretty sure he I'm pretty sure that he spent a significantly more time um, in England. So he like he would I'm I'm cons- uh, I don't know whether he would say he's English or Jamaican, but he spe- he hmm. spent a number of years living in Jamaica, but. Um, because he went to boarding school in England, he, from high school, I think, um, Yeah. he, yeah, he, like a, a big part of his culture is English because he was, he had to be, you know, if you get sent to a boarding school and you're surrounded by English folk, then you're going to have to change pretty quickly to fit that. Otherwise, you're going to stick out and no one wants to stick out like that in, in high school, especially not in the mm. early years. So, um, I think that that was a big influence for him and my my mom like my mom's side has uh european like background with um with my granddad being half french um but that hasn't mm. really um i don't think that's really affected us too much i think once again he was born in in france and then oh. moved to england quite young um mm. So, yeah, it's, you might actually be fully French, you know, I'm trying to think now. I, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Um, but right. I, I like, that's the thing is that when, when we were leading up to this, I was trying to think and it's just like, there's, there's little things, but they're not like rituals or anything. There's just like little things that are influenced for sure. Like, for yeah. example, um, for a long time on Sunday, we would eat like, like somewhere between lunch and dinner. It's like this English thing that you have Little. Sunday lunch and it's like yeah. you eat at like 2.33, but you eat like a dinner meal and then you mm. you sort of have like a snack later on. And it's like for a long time we did that. We don't do it anymore just because it doesn't work with our schedules. Um, when Max and I were younger, obviously we, we could just be around on Sunday, but now it just doesn't work. Um, we haven't done it for a long time, but... Yeah, that used to be a thing. Um, every single Sunday, like that. Um, there's stuff like Christmas. There's still like we eat a traditional Christmas uh, English Christmas meal. Like uh, there's mm. there's little like things, little little words. Like I still a lot of the time call a vacuum cleaner a Hoover because Hoover's a, a vacuum cleaner <laughs> brand, but in in right, England, right. it's just a lot of people refer to vacuum cleaners as Hoovers. Um, right, right. for a long time, I went by yogurt instead of yogurt, um, really? dance yep. instead of dance. And like, there's lots of little like words that you don't say as often, which sometimes you get caught out. It's like, Oh, that's how come you say it like Robot. that? And, um, but I think I've shifted all of them now. I think, um, I lost my accent pretty quickly cause I was young. So, so like mm. there hasn't really been anything other than little like behavioral and, Um, habitual things that have stuck it it's been i don't think there's been any like big ritualistic like cultural um behaviors that have carried through i don't know what about you is that like obviously um obviously like i think food is more like you oh okay here's the thing is that you moved out here but there's a big Mm. korean like uh what am I looking for? Community in mm-hmm. Sydney, yeah, mainly in Strathfield, <laughs> like 90% of the yes. Strathfield. That's Korean town. <laughs> yep. um, so like you've, you've had, you've been fortunate, I guess, to be, to be able to connect with your cultural background. Um, and for me, it's just like, mm. I've for a long time wanted to go to Jamaica and yeah. because I, like I've been to Jamaica a few times, not since I was quite young, but, i i haven't really been able to explore jamaica you know i've only really been around my grandparents place um and we've gone into town a few times but um like i i I don't really remember doing too much apart from like touristy things like um Mm -hmm. duns river falls we did that um which is a waterfall that you can like walk down um and that's cool and we went into like the food markets and stuff and got these things called patties which are like a pastry thing, but it's got like curried meat inside and they're often really mm. spicy. They're delicious. Um, they're so good. I still remember yeah. that. Like that's one of the few memories I have from Jamaica. I just remember biting into this thing being so spicy because <laughs> I was only like eight and it was like proper spicy, but I just wanted
1: to keep eating. But I was yeah. like, ow, ow, oh, yeah, ow, ow, <laughs> ow, <laughs> ow. so good. Um, yeah, and, man, Jamaica and yeah, that, food be mad spicy. I've had it once. Like I had jerk chicken at this like weed. Yeah. I think we had that kind of festival. We something? had that last like, week like or a couple festivals? weekends. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: So that's oh, probably yeah, the the most um, regular Jamaican food that we eat here. Um, mm. But yeah, man, I, like that's the thing with me. I don't think there's too much stuff that's been brought over. Like I think there's just a lot of mm. little things, but there's nothing that I can point to and be like, "That's apart from the food." I guess that's the most obvious thing from Jamaica and from england as well like that like the english um roast meals like that's the only thing that i can Mm. really point to what about you like what's i feel like you're gonna have a lot more stuff like especially to do with your parents like because there's a it's also to do with how diverse is the culture as well like obviously Mm. the the difference between english culture and australian culture is not that different it's it's Mm, like mm, there's a it's mostly similar and then there are some things that are different um, yeah, yeah. So when it comes to Korean culture and Australian culture, there's obviously a much bigger difference there. So what sort of things have, I guess?
1: Wow. How do I? Yeah. Yeah. What?
0: What? What, what is? What has been brought over to Australia with your family? What's come with you? I
1: would say, I would say everything. So really, it's it like. Pretty much everything, like. So, do you think that? Sorry, I, I'm talking so much on this
0: episode. Sorry, but like, do you <laughs> think? Do you think that if you were living in Korea, that your family would behave the same way that they do here?
1: Uh I can't say with confidence for my siblings and myself, but I think my my parents probably yeah. Uh, right. I think like they have to. They had that survivors mentality of coming into the country and figuring out how to just um make money and support support us kind of thing so it was kind of like their their focus was very different it was just about survival and that was the kind of thing that they had in mind even until until now i think they're a bit more relaxed now because we're all kind of grown up and we have more talks about like oh when are you going to move out kind of of talks but anyways i think i think the the thing that i'm very um grateful for and at the same time like um well sorry just to back up a bit i think my parents are definitely um affected by living here for plus 20 years because i can't say that they're still 100% korean i think Mm the traditional side of their upbringing and their background still stays stays with them and that shapes who they are but i can i can definitely say that they've adjusted and adapted into the australian world or how australia as a society does things so um in terms of like what i mean by like they brought everything here was when until i went to school i only spoke korean Right, really? I never, yeah, yeah. So, I never spoke. That only my parents surprises me
0: because you, you're the first one to say that your Korean isn't great now. So, just once you started going and learning English well, that you
1: just stopped speaking Korean? That's the thing though. Like, I think because I, my, until I was about pretty much like five, six, before I went to like preschool or like kindy, like because I only communicated through, well, with korean with my parents and then um i the only way i learned or heard english was through like um, movies or tv shows Mm. and stuff or like my my siblings and so once i i think my english my korean has gotten a lot worse because i i use english way more now but um what's it called like it was a bit weird going to I remember like this is like one of the earliest memories I have and it's me in like E1 or kindy where I'm I go into the classroom and like it's like time to read or something and like the teacher would always pick a kid to hand out the books and there's like a folder near near her desk and then it's labeled maths english blah 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 science whatever and I was picked the teacher was like David, can you please hand out all the math books oh, no. um, to, to everyone? And I knew she was talking to me because I knew what my name was. I didn't know how to write it yet, but she was talking to me and I just froze. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like probably in Korean thoughts, like, oh, man, what was you, what's the math book? Like, like because I can't read and like I kind of understood like what she was asking for, but I can't, I couldn't read and I couldn't tell. I just froze um part of like once my english started only when once i started going to school and then um the Korean still stay with me because when i'm at home and i communicate with my family or my parents it's all korean and then mm-hmm. my for my siblings and i we will we'll be mixing korean and english but then once i go out out of the home i would only use english so there was a bit of that balance where now I'm like bilingual. I can communicate in Korean. I'd say my English skills are is is my first language, or is oh, it's hard to def- define that because I did learn Korean first, but it's, English is my preferred language. Like I'm a lot more stronger at speaking English than Korean. Mm-hmm. But I reckon if I go, if I was dropped in Korea today, I can survive. Like yeah, I can. I have yeah. that amount of the basic you know, like yeah foundation yeah. foundational yeah conversational yeah, that's what they say conversational and i i grew up with like it's interesting cuz i don't think i was taught much about tradition you kind of in korean it's called nunchi and mm. then the closest translation i can have for nunchi is like um sense you just got to have this sense, sense of like right. getting getting like like not read like sixth the room? sense but like yeah ability to like read the room right and then like you kind of just grow up with that where it's like when you when you're around adults this is how you're meant to speak mm. you should bow um there's there was a lot of like so bowing is in korean culture as well yeah, for sure. Right, and like the uh, a joke that goes around in like Korean or even Asian, just Asian culture is like the the more the more you bow, the more respect it is. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Then I sorry, I just didn't yeah. know whether it was
0: a Korean thing as well. I know, I knew it was in like Japanese culture, and I just didn't know whether yeah, it was yeah. Korean as well. But yeah. it
1: all it all roots from China, I think, though, because China is like the oldest, one of the oldest Asian cultures, and mm. Koreans came from china but mm. I, I don't i'm not educated enough to talk about that but how come you don't bow when you see me oh because i don't respect you bro <laughs> you just give like a, a little head nod and that's like the shallowest possible bow no nah, i just blink i don't even put my head down you lean back you go limbo <laughs> <laughs> Going backwards no nah, but yeah what are we talking about sorry I just what you brought about, over from korea
0: like the sense like yeah 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 that's so, interesting man that's interesting mm. I feel like that's that's similar to the way that I was brought up and I, I'm not sure how English that is but I was always brought up to like um to develop that sense that social sense of like knowing knowing your place in the room um mm. and not overstepping your bounds uh, boundaries um yeah it wasn't like I was told don't speak like just be quiet and only speak when spoken to. It wasn't that intense, but it was just kind of like know your place in the room. Like don't yeah. like, yeah. Um, and I'm glad for that because you do meet some people and it's just like, bro, like read the room. Like you're, yeah, yeah, you're the yeah. loudest one in the room and everyone's looking at you, but you can't even tell, like you got no idea. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. they just obviously haven't been um, educated socially enough. Um but yeah, are you are you like fortunate for that side of your your um your childhood or the way that you were raised or are there some things that
1: you find problematic about it? It's a, that's that's an interesting question because like I think the way my parents see me is they call me an Aussie. They they mm-hmm. just like you're an Australian, like you're just an Australian who understands Korean culture or like has Korean blood. Is that how you see yourself? I think I had to, I hate to admit it because I think like, oh yeah, I'm Korean too. But like deep down or like even when we do have that conversation, I'm Mm -hmm. like, yeah, you're right. I think I'm very, I have a very Western or even just like Australian way of thinking where I'm a lot more progressive and free and like that kind of thing. How does that make you
0: feel? Like, does that make you feel like excluded from the Korean culture?
1: No not really, because I feel like there's there's parts of Korean culture that I respect and i I do enjoy and I understand and I have that background of understanding, but at the same time, like like this was a question I was gonna bring up, but like how would you describe your culture in three words and how I would describe Korean is like uh what did what did I write down i I wrote down oh, I didn't write it down <laughs> I think it's just like respect um. Um, honor and I think stubbornness in some ways and I don't think that does it justice but the reason why I say that is because there's a there's such a hierarchy culture in Korean culture where it's like age is such a big um Influence in how you treat another person, yeah, and yeah. in 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 one sense, it's it's a beautiful thing because there's a there's a culture and tradition of like respecting Respect, your right. elders and taking care of them when they're at that point where they can't help themselves, kind of thing. But at the same time, it's like they hold a lot of power where it's just like they mistreat you because it's like yeah, I'm older than you, kind of thing. Mm. Which I don't I don't think it's very it's not a good thing in some mm. ways. So yeah, in, in that sense, I think like I I do identify a more Australian, more like Western thinking, but I completely like the grateful thing that I have is that I completely understand the Korean side because I kind of grew up with that. But mm, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. So interesting. one thing that I found like would be very different is um at the at the dinner table or like table etiquette mm. that's one thing i was interested in because you say you have a very um like an english type of like yeah you talked about lina and stuff like that like lunch dinner kind of <laughs> thing yeah, yeah, yeah like what was it like for you growing up like like what was table etiquette how was it taught and like mm. what what what's kind of with you now stuck with you now and then i'll share what it's like in the korean first of all because i think it's very different (laughs) first of all i just want to i just want to say
0: that like um england like australia is very diverse in terms of the way that families act and i think probably the biggest influence is the same as in australia which is probably socioeconomic status i think that's probably the biggest influence on how people behave in in yeah. in your home and i i would say that's probably the same in australia as it is in england um i'm fortunate enough that i've i've always been like fairly privileged like i've well, very privileged i've always been very very lucky to um like we have very rarely you know struggled with money um it's mm. I, i've just been quite i've been really lucky in that sense um and I think that has also like that that does have a big factor on it. Like culturally, I think that um, when you've got less to worry about, you worry about other things. And so, things yeah. like table etiquette, I think are more important. Like I think um, presentation becomes important. And um, mm. over time, I've come to really have quite complex feelings about how I how I represent myself, like socially, how I talk to people, how because I've tried to just remove everything out of like, uh, I've I've tried to remove money out of every conversation. So like, mm. I think I think it came from originally. I think it came from a place of, um, when I was in. So I went to a private school, um, and when I uh, met Amelia, who went to a public school. Um, yeah, there were people in her school who like just straight away called me out as a snob and mm. I hadn't, I didn't even met these people, but because I went to That's a crazy, private yeah. school, they were just like, yep. oh, private school boy. Right. And yeah, 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 yeah. like to me, I w- that made me really angry because it's just like, I didn't see, like, I, I it wasn't a thing for me once again. Like I, I didn't look down on them because of that. And so, mm. um, The thing was, is that when that happened, I was straight away just like, oh, like no one at my school like looks down at people from public schools. Like, so why would they think that? But what's interesting is what ended up happening is when more people found out that I was dating a girl who went to a public school. Like very few, let me stress this, very few. But there were some people who made comments about the fact that she went to a public school. And
1: yeah. So I, crazy, can't, eh? I
0: can't say on the podcast what I said to those people <laughs> because yeah, <laughs> we yeah. try to keep this family friendly. But yeah. it's safe to say that I was not impressed by that attitude. And for me, mm. it, because it was never a thing, I was just like, what's well, not a thing for anyone, right? And I tend to be a bit ignorant sometimes and thinking everyone thinks the same way as me. Um, but I bege- after that happened that developed this mentality in me of not wanting to be identified by money. And so I began to actually feel a bit of shame about the fact that my family had like were were quite comfortable, right? And so when I met people who clearly struggled more than me, I felt ashamed to like bring them around to my house because I would bring people around to my house. And it's not like I've got like this mansion. Let me be clear. It's not like I've got this like crazy, like, but I've got it. My
1: house is (laughs) huge.
0: I've got it's a nice house I've ever stepped step <laughs> foot in. Shut up. It's not. It's got a pool. It's a I don't lot. have a pool. I don't have a pool. Like it's here I go. See, <laughs> I'm, defending my, I'm defending myself. Like, I'm not that rich, you know? Like And so your leg, bro. for yeah, me, keep going. it's like when people would say that, they would be like, oh, like you got such a nice house. Like they'd mean it as a compliment. And I would be like, mm-hmm. that'll make me uncomfortable because I'm just like, I don't want people to think that I've mm-hmm. got it better than them because I don't want them to think that, I look down at them or anything. Um, the ra- reality is is that people come around to my house, I was close enough with that they knew that I wasn't like that. But like yeah. I've, I'm almost like the anti-snob. I like I watch That's out so, so, so much for, for money because I never want to be like... I, like, I, I, yeah, I don't want to be, like, identified yeah. as, like, rich and stuff because I, I, yeah. I don't want people to to think that I look down on people because of money. or And I, I'm so conscious about, like, the way that I am perceived sometimes. And so, yeah. things like making sure everyone knows that I'm cool with how they are or how much money they have or what color their skin is is really important to me. Um, and it comes from mm. a good place, but it can sometimes manifest in quite, like, Toxic ways for me Not really for yeah. other people But um,
1: You dig yourself A deep hole there, Yeah like By trying so hard that. To not make yeah. it a
0: thing That it becomes a thing You know Yeah, yeah.
1: It's funny that you mentioned that Because I said that I'd, I said that about your house I remember when I first came It's like Oh you have a nice house And I just meant it as legit Just like Oh you have a nice house a Nice place Kind of thing But like, What do you mean It yeah. sucks
0: It's the worst it's
1: not- <laughs> No I normally just say nothing I normally just say nothing
0: yeah um yeah yeah because i don't know what to say i don't know what to, it's like yeah i know say it's, a, it's a it's sick think. house yeah
1: <laughs> it's yeah. better than yours <laughs> it's probably better than yours bro no.
0: <laughs> like oh it's just i find and like there's certain things for example where i've been so conscious to never get handouts from my parents because like mm. wherever possible i avoid it because not that they've been really forthgiving like they're not the sort of parents sorry not not that they haven't been forthgiving but they're not the sort of parents who just like buy you everything you know but like i take pride in the fact that all my like music gear and stuff and like every like pretty much anything that i hold dear i paid for myself um Mm. and i i do take pride in that because it's just like i can rationalize it to myself and be like well even though i had a privileged background like you know i've I've worked to earn myself this stuff, and through my own work, I've been able to buy this stuff. And so it's like me almost rationalizing, just like, well, I've paid for everything. So it's, but in reality, there's a, it's way more complex than that if you want to talk about privilege. But, um, yeah. So what that long tangent is basically to say that, like, um, (laughs) When it came to dinner table stuff, like my family were always... And I'm, I'm not sure this is just socioeconomic, but I think it is a big factor. But my family were always just like, no, we eat as a family. Um, and so, we've, mm-hmm. we've never been... We've never like eaten with the TV on. We never eat like at the couch or anything. We always eat at the table, um, all of us together. And the only time that we're not all at the table is if someone has already eaten like a big lunch and so isn't eating dinner. And then even then, they'll a lot of the time they'll sit down with us or they're just not at home. But other than that, like we eat as a family, like however mm. many of us are there, we eat together. And that's always been a big thing. And so like Sunday lunch, it was it was always, or Sunday dinner, like it was always a thing of like, don't, don't make plans on Sunday because everyone, that's our mm. definite family dinner day. And so it, like I was always, you know, I was always raised to like, politely as well and like um yeah. yeah so like that that is a bit of a thing where um, I've relaxed a lot on that as I got an older but it used to be like you know um
1: yeah
0: it used to be like a, a thing you know and I wouldn't even realize until I go around to other people's houses and some of them would just like eat on the couch and and I'd be like oh like do you not care about family dinner? <laughs> and it was just like this thing of understanding is just like everyone has different practices. But as I said, like I've had a tendency in my life to assume that everything is the same as me until it's proven otherwise. And so growing up, I thought everyone lived the same life as me until I realized that they didn't. Um, not that I live mm-hmm. this super unique life, but just that there's plenty of other ways of living than mine. And that's, totally fine in fact that's cool it makes me interested it's like why do you do that do you do other things that we don't do like and then you might look at us and be like oh you don't do that that's weird you know um Mm. but it's not like it's not like oh that's so english i think it's just like oh that's like family dinner is important to my family um yeah i don't know what about you what's what's dinner like in your household or like just meals
1: well now it's like well i think growing up um, I can't remember many times we. Actually, no. I could definitely say we've shared like meals together and stuff, on like when our parents would have days off. But I can only mostly remember when it's like someone's birthday or if it's um late at night or something. Cause like my parents, like my dad stayed. Ho- he was a, more of a stay-at-home dad. Long mm. story short, like the opera gig that he kind of came here for he wasn't able to do because he has um he has polio on his left leg so he can't move um too well he has to move with a cane and I guess that interfeud would work and um he was let go but because of that they hustled hard and working like multiple jobs and stuff so for my family it was more like mum would bring really good fast food home Mm. and we would we would have like KFC right I remember KFC was one of the greatest joys growing up like someone would mom or dad would buy a bucket of chicken and we have KFC or Maccas together we used to have KFC a lot like kind of sorry we used to have KFC a lot like back in the day I don't know why we we just kind of
0: stopped after a while but we used to have it like a lot like KFC was because it's peasant food right
1: nah I'm kidding (laughs) wow (laughs) no no i'm kidding i'm kidding (laughs) wow i know okay after all that you said no i'm kidding um yeah but um for us it was dinner or like i don't think there was like huge um my parents weren't able to really teach us much table etiquette but uh, i think it's almost non-existent I think only later on I found out that other Korean households would do a thing where it's like you don't eat until the adults start eating first kind of Mm. thing. And I don't think our family had that. It was very just like, bro, eat. You're hungry. Let's eat together. Let's feast kind of thing. Mm. And which I'm kind of grateful for. They're not super traditional to the point where it's like, oh... Don't pick up your chopsticks until dad picks it up first or mum picks it up first and like starts ha- like have had their first bite. Some people are like that extreme. Yeah. Well, it's and interesting, then, man. You say that because
0: like I'm still. So we always used to have this thing where it's just, like no one starts yeah. eating until everyone has sat down, right? Yeah, um, I don't. I and so, get that, yeah. so, and I still have it. So my parents, yeah. like they don't do that anymore, right? But I still. Yeah. I still can't eat until either everyone sat down or someone says, start, it's getting yeah, cold. Yeah. And then, but like other people, like um, like my mom or my, like if, if, if it's them and they're sitting down, I guess it's the adult. So it kind of fits that Korean thing
1: as well. Is they won't yeah. wait for me? <laughs> They'll just start <laughs> they, eating. They, they have the because because they they in they in the hierarchy system they're at the top of the house yeah. so it's like they can do whatever they want. But I still but have that man. I
0: still like from being raised up like to to always yeah. wait and to always like yeah like and so I still like if there's people walking around preparing stuff for dinner then I'm just like well if they're preparing stuff then out of respect I'll wait for them. Um, yeah. unless they say eat it's getting cold and then that's like okay i can eat now
1: yeah there's a there's a culture of like um we in korean or even just asian culture where it's just like you share everything that's on the table mm. even if you look at like the korean um like foods like we call it banchan like we have a lot of side dishes and we have like mm. the main is like a meat or protein dish or like it might be a stew of some kind. And then we have rice. Everyone has a bowl of rice Mm. and it's like a huge spread. Kind of like how like um, the old kings would used to feast. And I guess that's like a replica of like how it's being passed down. Like if there's a lot of things on the table, you're having a good meal kind of. There's more interaction and stuff as well. Like there's more. Yeah. Like you're you're passing passing dishes around. You're like have a bite. And... I think I always when when mom was if she still does this now where it's so annoying but I get her heart and where it's coming from but it's like you you're seriously I'm sitting in front of her eating, right? We're having the same food and she's like, Why aren't you eating? Hurry up, come on, like eat eat your food. It's like have, did you have a bite of that? And I'm like, Mom. I legit just had a bite of that. And then she's just like, come on, have more, have more. Like, I, why aren't you eating? And I'm like, mom, <laughs> like I'm eating, relax. But like, there's this like, there's a thing where it's like the parent or mom, especially mom would be like, hurry up and eat. Like, like there's this like nurturing kind of side to it. Mm. Um, and once everyone is done, like once everyone is done, then you would start stacking up all the plates and then you move it. And whoever prepared the food um, gets to chill and people who who have been fed have to do the dishes. Or like that's that's like in my house where it's mm. like just say I cooked steak that night or I prepared a meal, then my sisters or my parents want to do it. I won't let, let my parents do it, but like one of my siblings might like do the dishes or something sure, like yeah, that. Yeah. But side note, how's your kind of how's stuff? your carnival diet going? Bro, that ended um at, this, at the end of last month, oh. so I'm, I'm chilling, bro. No like, way. I'm having beer, I'm having like- True, true, true. Today I had like donuts and stuff. How long yeah. did you do it for, a month? Praise God. Yeah, for a month. Right. And I can say, like I wasn't too strict with it, but I can say that, um, well, I lost three kilos. Wow. And um, in terms of like um, energy level- um, I I felt like it was quite consistent throughout the whole day. See how like normally you would have a time like in the late afternoon or something where your energy just dips and you might need a cup of coffee or tea or whatever. I didn't have that. So like Mm. it was weird because the whole day you would feel the same from morning till the end so that you do feel tired, but it took me like, I was was asleep before I knew it kind of thing because you're not like exhausted. Right. It's just like, yeah. Interesting. Anyways. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we jumped back and forth to different things. Now we're talking about table etiquette and food (laughs) and stuff. I think it's a big factor though. I think
0: it's a big factor in terms of culture is food. It's a big thing. Yeah, man. Um, Yeah, man. But yeah, I I wanted to talk about Australian culture and how we've sort of adjusted to that and what's the sort of things that you love about Australian culture because I know like I think both of us, the majority of our behavior is... Uh, like culturally is to do with Australian culture, I would say. I, maybe not Pretty you, sure. but yep. like you you say that you see yourself more as an Australian. For me, it's like um, I, I would say that I act as an Australian, but then I, I guess as an English person, I, I don't think I would have acted like too differently. But I, the, the biggest thing for me, so I, I started by talking about going back, sorry, wanting to go back to England because I still felt like it was my home. Um hmm. in 2016 I went back to England um sorry not in 2016 or was it no it was earlier than that um it was I think maybe 14, 13. maybe about 2013 I think or 20 anyway when I was younger yeah. <laughs> um early teens I think I went to um I went back to England and I went to Oxford Street, which is like the main shopping street in London. Um, Oh, yeah.
1: Oxford Street. Yep. Are you like... It's quite a famous
0: street. So, I didn't know if you would like... No, no, no. I don't know. But it's like where people go clothes shopping in London a lot of the time. Um, Like it's Mm -hmm. a main... It's like the equivalent of like uh, town hall, like QVB, like that area. Um, Yep. And I noticed that everyone was wearing black and... Everyone looked at their feet as they walked and you would you would meet people, like you'd meet eyes with, with people every now and then and they give you this look like, why are you looking at me? What are you looking at? Yeah. yeah. And I realized that like that is a massive difference to Australia. Like obviously there's people like that in Australia, but um, and actually to be fair, I think it's less like this than it used to be. I feel like... Ten years ago, it was a lot more like people smiling at each other in Australia. Now, I feel like it's a lot less of that. I feel like there's a lot more people acting like England now. But I guess if you meet that eyes with someone, you don't. I don't generally feel like I've overstepped the boundary. It was just like, oh, I met eyes with someone by accident. But I don't feel like that person is like, give me the eyes, like look away from me right now. Um, but I just feel like the sense of community. And obviously this is just visiting England, but my mm. my vibe when I've gone back, and I've gone back I, I did go back in 2016 as well. My vibe when I go back is that once you start talking to someone, it's fine. Like they're they're normally great people and really nice, but mm. it's so much harder to break down those walls to like in Australia I feel like you know you bump into someone and you could end up having a great conversation just via like something random. And sure. my, ex- yeah. my limited experience, let me stress my limited experience in England is that it's it seemed like it was a lot harder to get through to strangers than it is in Australia, where I think people yeah. are more willing to have a conversation and there's more trust in each other that like people are going to be good people until they prove otherwise. In, in England, I felt like, or in London, should I say, I felt like uh, when I've gone back, it almost feels like. I have to prove that I'm a good person. Otherwise, I'm a bad person. As so, it's like the innocent, um, guilty until proven innocent, whereas in Australia, it feels like um, innocent until proven guilty. Um, As I Mm. said, there are areas in Australia um, or people in Australia who have made me feel that same way as I have felt in London. But in general, I just find that people are more friendly to strangers over here. And to me, that is huge. That's like such a plus for me in Australian culture is that like, friendliness just like you meet someone for the first time and you just like how you doing man like it's good and it's just like this (laughs) i feel like i can just freely express myself around strangers and i don't feel like Mm. i need to be conservative or um guarded or anything the majority of the time as i said there are times where i've experienced that in australia but not very often so i don't what are your thoughts on
1: that i agree bro because like i think I think you more so see that mateship friendliness kind of culture of Australia when you go out more to the country, because mm. people just would love to just start a chat and mm. just you end up talking about your whole family and your life and type of that type of stuff. Mm. But yeah, I I think I can understand where you're saying when it's like in certain areas people are less like that or um certain people like different groups are or like certain people. Are becoming more like England. I don't know what England's like, but as well, as I, I, as, as know as I what did, kind of I did about. want to yeah. stress
0: there is that like I was talking about London, even though I said England a few times, because yeah, when you do go a little bit further out of the city, you do get that like more of a community experience as well. So it's not yeah, it's not yeah. the whole country, and there I've been to smaller towns in England because I've been I've been a bit around England um, and. There is some really nice like villages vibes where it's just like it feels like everyone knows each other. And um, yeah, so like I I wouldn't say that it's just like that. I, that's my experience in London as a to like the sort of thing where you go to. So I, I went clothes shopping, right? And I would go to yeah. like put my clothes on the counter like at the, you know, to buy it. And I'd be like, hey, how are yeah. you going? And they'd just be like, huh? Like literally, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not joking. Like they they would (laughs) like, they wouldn't look at you. They kind of ignore you. Like they kind of chuck the receipt at you when they're they're done. And it's like, whoa, like I I asked you how your day is going and you're like, you want nothing to do with me. Like you're
1: doing a bad day. Like there's,
0: there's, there's being guarded. And then there's like, someone allows you to not be guarded. I give them the opportunity to be friendly and, you don't take it, and that—that's not just one person. That happened several times in, in London when I did need to speak to someone for some reason, and they were just plain rude. And it's just like that—that—that yeah. that, that culture of like being so guarded and um, protecting yourself because, I guess, because of crime rates and because of fear. Um, but I just. It's such a shame. And like I, I'm i really grateful in Australia that we that generally like that doesn't really exist. Like it's a lot more friendly and people in, in stores like I think the biggest indicator is how are you told to act if you work in retail? Like you you're mm-hmm. told to be super friendly. You're told to like be super like welcoming and everything. And I can only assume that that's not a big priority in stores on Oxford Street in London because that was my experience is that. No one was like that. So I can only imagine that mm. none of their managers and stuff are like making a big deal about make sure everyone feels welcome, be nice and warm and everything like they do in Australia. And don't get me wrong. It can be too much in Australia when you, you're you like, you take one step in the store. It's like, hey, sir, can I help you with something? And it's just like, nah, you can't. All right. <laughs> you can help me by just giving grasp. me some space. Yeah. Let me breathe for a little yeah. bit before like checking if I'm okay. Because yeah, I'm yeah. pretty good right now. But um yeah, I don't know. That that for me is a big thing. Um that that mateship, I suppose as you said, and that community vibe of just like just friendliness to strangers, it's so valuable yeah. to me.
1: Um for myself, if I compare it to like Korea, I've only been to Korea a couple times as well and for short period. Periods kind of like you going to England, but um yeah, I think one of the biggest differences is, like, how I could describe Korea is legit, like, if you go around Strathfield, like, we joked around about how Strathfield is, like, the... It's, like, K-town. Korea town of <laughs> Sydney. Yeah, like, Korea is just a massive Strathfield <laughs> with just, like, way more people. Like, that's what Korea is kind of like. So, like, and, the vibe like, a lot is, is more similar? Just going similar? Vibe similar, but... It, um, it's just so busy. Like yeah. one of the biggest differences that I feel when I went, when I observed like what Koreans yeah. are like compared to here is Koreans are way, way more um, impatient. And I'm sure people could challenge me when it comes to that. But it's because like an example I could give is like we have Indian now. I think from what I hear about Korea and Korea's like advancement in technology and internet mm. speed and whatever. They had that like 10, 15 years ago, like that have <laughs> NBN speed. So if in like opening up a browser, going to like Instagram or something, like loading time, even oh, those yeah. little But we're notoriously bad for
0: that in Australia.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like even those little type of stuff it has to be to the most like extreme, fast, like snappy kind of thing. So like when we, you gave the example of like retail and stuff like that. So in some ways, retail feels the same way where um, similar to how you explain Oxford Street, where it's like Korean retailers or cafes or restaurants or something. If the service feels very bare minimum, Maybe because of how the culture is of service oh, where it's like even the customer, no, nah, even the customers like might be like, "Hey, get me this kind of thing. Oh, right. And then it's like, and then it's like customers king or whatever. So sure, it's like, sure. oh yeah, yes, sir. But then because <laughs> it's such a norm there, it's like even the service kind of gets affected. And I'm sure not all of them's like that, but I think majority mm. of the experiences I had, I think, Auntie, mom and pop kind of places, like where it's just like, we, you look at the kitchen and it's just all like mums. Those places are the best because they treat you like every every customer is like a son or something. <laughs> so if you're like, you say more, which means like auntie, it's like more. Give me, please, give me more rice, and they'll he'll they'll be like, oh yeah yeah, yeah I'll get you rice or something like that. That kind right, of culture. Right. But if you go to different places where like people are just what the workers are just like part timers. Like they're hating their job, they're getting like five bucks, mm. like four thousand one or like five thousand one an hour or something. And then it's like, Oh, get me a bottle of that, get me rice, get me more of this. Sure, it's sure, like, sure. They're hating life, they don't they do the bare minimum min, minimum to take care of you and yeah, the customer's not really treating the mm. work people well, mm. kind of thing. But yeah, I think one of the biggest differences i think that i appreciate about australian culture and this is because i have experience in this so much is because i uh, one thing i can comment on is um the the cafe culture and i tell this to koreans all the time australian cafe culture is like um how it should be in a cafe where it's like the worker <laughs> takes care of you you the worker gives you a, a beautiful caffeinated m- milk or just black ve- Beverage for you to enjoy, and you give money, (laughs) and then it's just like there's even like a development of friendship and trust, and you end up just like becoming friends, and it's like a hangout kind of spot. Mm. Um, Korean cafe culture is legit, they don't even really look at you in the face, they kind of just walk in and this is customer, right and then they'll just say their order as soon as they step in the door <laughs> whereas Australian ca- coffee culture I would be like oh hey how's it going and then it's like oh yeah, man you know um, what's crazy you weekend? know cra-
0: you know what's so crazy is what's crazy what's there's crazy? so many cafes where all the baristas are Korean so it's just like <laughs> why is the culture different over here if like like the the cafe that I go to is like it's Korean yeah. owned Korean run like it's like and we're not in like there are like plenty of Asians around my area but it's not like a Korean heavy area but the, the main cafe yeah. is just Korean owned and the amount of cafe there's one the other one there's another one that I go to which is a bit towards Amelia's way like once again not like a heavily like it's not known as like a Korean area but the main cafe is Korean owned Korean run like yeah. th- there are some um other like ethnicities who work there as well but the main barista and the owner he's Korean like it's it's interesting how it's just like you're saying it's a different culture over here but it seems like the main like or for me like i find that the majority of baristas that i see are they look korean like i don't know for sure but they look korean
1: no no i'm just saying like like there might be workers or owners of cafes here that are korean like that's a that's yeah like that might happen right but the cafe culture that is held just saying like a fully korean culture targeted at korean Sure, sure sure i guess what i'm what i'm saying is to, that is
0: that yeah. um it's surprising that the culture is so different when there's so it's many so different, man. korean baristas yeah. like you'd think that it would sort of transfer over but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. not at all like um, the best the best service i've ever gotten in cafes has
1: been by koreans that's so interesting but then you you're, you're we're in australia so <laughs> yeah i know so <laughs> so yeah so it's like i'm i'm saying um if it just say no i know to to i know korea, what you're saying i'm, I'm saying yeah, how yeah, it's yeah.
0: interesting that it's different here i know that you're saying yeah, yeah, that yeah, in yeah. korea in a fully korean environment that it would yeah, be yeah. different um but i just find it interesting how it is different here despite the fact that the workforce in cafes seems sure, to be like heavily korean influenced yeah Man, we've gone a lot longer than I thought. So we've we just hit over an hour and twenty minutes. It's interesting that Ooh. we've managed to talk about this so long. I
1: feel like we haven't talked much about much, but but we did blab on on. I think we have. Stuff, I think we've hit
0: upon interesting conversations that are culturally influenced, but we haven't. Yeah. We haven't directly tackled culture as much, but I think with the way we've done it has probably been more interesting than if we just talked about. The difference between like English, Jamaican, Australian and Korean cultures.
1: Sure. Maybe, what's one thing that I felt like would be, mm, I mean, we did touch on like table etiquette. Um, you said you had interesting like, questions for me. Have you, have you used them up already? Oh, uh, one thing that I thought we would end up talking about if we were to talk about like our parents and the difference between our parents' culture and us. Discipline? Like it's uh discipline as well like i was thinking about like so the question i had was like would you bring up your children the same way you were brought up so and then this would be, that would have been for both of mm-hmm. us and the second one was or like there's a do i have a few more another one was like did you ever get the sex talk <laughs> <laughs> so that's Ooh. the other one like okay then, um <laughs> because like i think there's cultural things that it entails how that is gone about as well. Sure. But yeah. So, <laughs> the first one is with? like, would you... Uh, I don't know. What's better? Okay. Like let joy- me just get this out of the
0: way with the sex talk. So, if okay, I did go. get the yeah. sex talk, I don't remember it. Whether that's because it wasn't eventful or because I blocked it out of my you mind because it was traumatic. I like wanted to get but rid of it. Yeah, I think that... um I think that my parents trust the the fact that we have sex education at school, and they probably like yeah. they probably mention certain things here and there, But um, I don't think I ever had like well, I definitely didn't have like let's sit down and have the birds and the bees conversation. We didn't have that. Um, yeah, but yeah, like that that didn't happen for me. What about
1: you? Nah, same. I thought so. I was expecting you to say yes. I didn't get it as well. I like I don't think. Uh, It's either that they were like too busy hustling or they were just too busy doing their lives that we weren't able to have that conversation or they didn't even- They avoided it. Attempt it. They just avoided it. And I guess they understood that in like fifth, sixth grade, that's when I heard it first time that the school kind of has a thing where it's like sex education day. Sure, yeah. I don't know if you had that as well, but we got to watch like videos about parts and like how it works and like- I remember it was one of the strangest experiences. Oh, you know? it was weird. Puberty. It was, we watched like yeah.
0: these <laughs> cartoon things which would like talk about it. That Oh man they, yeah, were, man,
1: they were strange. So in some ways, I'm grateful that I never had to experience that awkward conversation yeah. with my parents. But I, knew, I know that later down the track, because we were both kind of had a mutual understanding that you know what's up, I know what's up. <laughs> And then we just joke around about certain stuff. Like, I don't know. I can't remember what the conversations were like, but like my dad would be like, yeah, I made you bro kind of thing. (laughs) And then i would be like, dad, come on. Oh, Oh, dad. Dad. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, So, and then let's start going back to the first question. So like, would you bring up, I guess it's a bit deeper and more relevant to Mm. deep time, but it's like, would you, Raise your kids like how your parents raised you. And I have one more question. Okay. But we'll see if we'll go, go to that one. But because it's heading towards back to deep. So, so mm. this is tough. Um,
0: <laughs> I don't think anyone raises their kids exactly the same. Um, mm. There are definitely things that I want to do differently. And even though these are things that I, I think I would have benefited from, I don't, I'm not bitter that I didn't get them. I'm not like angry that I didn't get them. Um, mm. But I, when I'm raising my kids, I do want to be a really, like I, I, I want to be a really present and emotionally, uh, emotionally vulnerable father. I want my son mm. to know, like, that I am, uh, that I'm a human being, and that um, I suffer just like he does. And I want him to know mm. that, like, when he struggles, that he can come to me. Um, and I think that's so hard as a dad to do, and uh, like as a parent. I'm just saying as a dad, because obviously I'm, I'm a male, um, but. I think it's going to be my main emphasis as a kid is, as a kid, as a dad, um, I think like beyond discipline, beyond character development, beyond anything, I think my primary focus is going to be making sure my kids know that I'm there and that they can come to me and that how much I care Mm. about them, how much I love them. And... I'm not saying that I wasn't, I didn't know any of those things growing up. I'm just saying that I want that to be my priority above anything else. And um, once again, like, I'm not saying that my parents didn't want that either. I just, that for me, like, I want to, I want to put, like, I want to go an extra mile. I want to go more than most dads go because I just think, I think that if my kids know how supported they are, then the the rest of the stuff I think will fall into place, even if it might take a bit longer because I'm not like hammering it into them as as hard as maybe your average parent does. Um, And I'm not saying I would slack off on other things as well. I think that discipline is important. I think that um, teaching your kids about social, socializing is important and stuff. But I just, I think so many kids these days fall through the cracks of emotional, a lack of emotional support. And um Another thing that I'm going to be trying really hard to do is to keep up with what's happening in technology, because I think that I think that a lot of parents and my I think David, you and I we talked about this before. I think we've been a bit lucky that we were we were born when we were because a few years behind, and I mm-hmm. think we would have faced a lot more issues to do with technology. I really want to get to a stage where like, or I really want to continue to develop my awareness of what's happening in terms of like technology for my kids so that they're not struggling with things that i've got no idea about and that i can't even talk to them about you know Fortnite, and i can't even talk to them about tiktok (laughs) because i got no idea right and so that's interesting because because the fact of the matter is is that a lot of kids these days are struggling with gaming addictions and social media addictions and things and if i don't understand them then i can't really relate and help them And so, and I I I also can't, I also can't like help prevent addictions and stuff like that. So I want to just try and be on as on top as possible of things that my kids will be going through so that I can be aware of like how that's going to affect them.
1: them. Mm. I feel like that's not, I don't like not to like shit on what you just said, but like, I don't feel like that's a big struggle we will we'll be able to ha- we're gonna have maybe maybe it will advance so much that we can't keep up to date with it but mm. as you said i think like we were fortunate to be born in this like to be part of gen z where technology has advanced social media like we're in are in the age of technology sure, so but it, i feel like it, as it advanced, we age it, like we will walk with technology that's how i see it but yeah, that's an interesting point.
0: It's advanced so rapidly in the last like 50 years though. Like that's a thing. So like
1: 50 or even you can even say like 10, 15, maybe 20 years. No, no, dude, dude, like, dude, 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 50. Like we forget, sure.
0: we forget because yeah. obviously a lot of things that are here now, we just take for granted, but things were moving so fast. Things were moving so far. Mm. Maybe things that we don't, we just see as, what do you mean? That's like, cause we just grew up with them there. But the fact of the matter is, is that, There's a reason why, you know, your baby boomer generation isn't on top of this stuff. They're not because they just like, it's just not part of their generation. And so I think it's easy for you to say like, oh, well, we're so up to date. It's just like, well, they were too when they were kids. They were completely up to date. But technology shifts and changes and things like TikTok, like even for us, it's just like, that didn't exist when we were growing up. Like you had YouTube, I guess, Mm. but TikTok's different to that. And like when it first appeared, someone had to explain to me like how TikTok was different to like Vine or how it was different to like this or that. And so, and now Instagram's got the IGTV, which is basically TikTok and, or like Reels or whatever they call it. Like, so I just want to try and stay up to date with this sort of stuff so that it's not just going way over my head. And it's e- it's really easy as like a 40-year-old person or 50, 60-year-old person to just be like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's stupid and stuff. Yeah. But if your kids are using it, then you need to understand why they are and what it's doing to them. Um, and I think that our generation is seeing the damage that our younger siblings and the generation, they're still Gen Z. Oh, no, they're... Um, are they Gen Z? Beneath us?
1: Um they're, people
0: born
1: after two thousand, um, they are they they are up to Gen Z up to a certain extent. Right, well, the,
0: uh, t- people born after in the two thousands, um, I think even us, like barely a few years apart, are seeing damage that is being done to those kids via technology. Um, and I think we're so, we are so aware of now the damage that technology can do. And I, I don't think that people were as aware of the damage it can do now. Uh, yeah. as Sorry, before as they are now. And so I think that it's up to us as a generation to really look after our kids and, and the, the kids coming through now so that they can use technology safely and not sort of uh, the same way we've got um, uh, substance abuse. That we don't abuse yeah. technology as well.
1: Guess what the latest generation is called? So we're Gen Z or IGen, right? Yeah. This is from a this is from a like a first website I pulled up from Google. But it's called Gen Alpha from 2013 oh. to 2025. Alpha for some reason. Excuse Alpha, me. Alpha, yeah. <laughs> Gen Alpha. So we're Gen Z. Gen Z, it goes up to the. Does that mean the next ones are gonna be beta? maybe alpha beta or omega general omega yeah but because beta
0: is backwards technically beta happens before
1: alpha Yeah, maybe it's omega but anyways that's interesting do you feel like you come up with those um you're saying what you're saying right now because you were uh in some ways neglected with your parents is that why you say like you put an emphasis i think neglect is strong um
0: i do think that and I've heard um, parental psychologists say this, is that as a parent, you just have to accept that you will wound your children. It's not like a matter of if, it's you will. Like you you will. Every mm-hmm. child is wounded by their parents. Yeah. It's just a matter of how much they yeah. are. And so, mm-hmm. it's impossible to get it perfect, right? And, and here's the mm-hmm. other thing is that I had a conversation with my psychologist um, about like a certain thing, which I was just like um i i would have liked if my parents did this more right and and they were just like well what if there's a kid who and and, and i said so when i like basically when i have kids i'm going to make sure that i do that for my kids and she said well what if your kids don't want that mm. and it like it literally stopped me and i'm just like yeah what? but every kid would want. And that, and she's just like, no, kids are different. Like kids have their own personalities. Parents can't take full credit for how the kids turn out because kids already have their own personalities. And she's like, so you can't win because you parent how you think that you would want to be parented. But every kid has a different personality. And so you're going to get some stuff wrong because kids want different things and need certain amounts, like more or less of certain things, whether it's discipline, whether it's affection, whether it's... Um, uh, responsibility, independence Like every kid needs a different Like balance of Parenting Yeah, And so you're going to get stuff wrong But I guess all you can do is do your best And so as I said I, I don't think I don't feel neglected in that sense I just think that I'm wounded by My parents the same as everyone is wounded By their parents It's it's not because mm-hmm. they tried to, to hurt me It's not because um, they didn't care They didn't love me It's just because It happens It's just the the natural order of things is that parents wound their kids. It's just an Mm. inevitable outcome, and um, you just have to accept that as a parent.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting point Um, to think that we parent the way we think is best. And I think that's true because it's like we'll be doing, we'll be giving the child or do like leading the child in a way where we think is like um, the way for some people it might it might be driven by the fact of like um us like of being neglected in certain ways and it's mm. like oh if i go the other way this kid's gonna thrive but then as you said it's like every child is different and exactly. every child has a different personality and stuff but to answer the question on my uh on my side i think same as you i think i'll I'll say no and I'll say I'll say different like one thing that I want that's similar is it's interesting cuz I want I still want my child to have a grasp of what um Korean traditions and culture mm. is like being able to like grow up with what um grandpa would look like my dad would look as or grandma would see as like important like be able to teach them and guide them in like this is where dad came from Mm. like i came from and this is where grandpa's from kind of thing but the biggest difference i think i would have is um i could use the word neglect because um the reason why i can say neglect is a mum wasn't really home to provide that and when she was home to provide it i think she was too exhausted to show to a good extent Mm. not to say i like mom didn't show me any of like like what I, what I mean by neglect as well is like affection, um, good like, what is it called? Like encouragement, mm. words of like, just words of affirmation yeah. really. But um, the reason why I understand my dad's point so well, or like my parents point is cause they were neglected that while they were growing up. So it's like, mm. they came, they come from a generation where it's like, they don't get taught parents came from a war yeah yeah man like they their parents came from like a war generation they grew up when korea was really bad condition and before like it was thriving and stuff so they were about survival they were about you know um making a living it's about Mm. um just getting food on the table really and to come from that it's like there's this there's a culture and Asian culture where it's like saving face type of culture yeah. as well where it's like you don't show the your weakness kind of yeah, thing yeah. and um, I guess even for my parents even though they're Christians I guess because they their parents weren't able to um, guide them and teach them to express their emotions and what they're going through um, they weren't able to provide that for us mm. like us meaning like me and my siblings but That's one thing that's gonna be the biggest difference, I think, is that our generation as a as a whole and the generations to come, we're I think the most aware of like mental health issues and different things and like we're able to label these issues and our disabilities or ways we can um better ourselves in this way. And that's what you're kinda doing. Like you're researching right now and like you're um sharing your info with people. Like in that way, in that aspect I think um, emotional and like um, like be able to talk to my child and like like similar to what you were saying in like being available for them, like really just loving them and guiding them and leading them to mm. um, a life that they want to live. Of course, like I think I'll bring them up with Christian teachings and morals, mm. but yeah, every, every person's different. So it's like, I'm gonna be the most available person like parent that I could be, and show area like be available in areas that I have been neglected, and like it, it will be a challenge and it will be different. Absolutely, depending on Absolutely. the child. Yeah, I think I think it's quite. The more I think about raising a human being, it's just more and more daunting <laughs> yeah, to me. It's yeah, like, yeah, dang, yeah. I'm not ready yet. You know what I mean? But yeah. yeah, man, it's interesting. Um, leading leading to the end of what I like my point. Um, the last question I had. Maybe we can finish on this is, um, (laughs) are you you able to talk to your parents about mental health? So like the reason I added this is because I think it does got it. Like it does. (laughs) I don't know if you want to answer that. You're giving me like a, come on, come on, man kind of (laughs) face, but I don't know. (laughs) Let's do it. Let's do it. Nothing's off the table, yeah, it's like, deep tan pizza. It's deep tan and I feel like it does um got to do with like culture and like mm. culture does come to play when it comes yeah. to this type of conversations and topics, so yeah. Got some good ones for you today, huh? You didn't think I'll so, pull, pull up yeah, this type okay, of stuff, okay. So, huh? so my my answer <laughs>
0: to this has got nothing to do with culture, I don't think. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm
0: i can i just can't bring
1: it up interesting can you explain that what do you mean by that you can if you were to force yourself but you just can't force yourself to do it or um this just comes down to my relationship with my family
0: um Mm. which is the most complex group of relationships in my life um all the yeah. rest of my relationships are pretty simple because <laughs> I'm I'm not I'm not the sort of person who half asses relationships. You're either in um, my life or you're not, generally. Um, sure. and that doesn't mean that I don't like anyone who's not my best friend. But generally I'm the sort of guy who keeps his friends real close and then has a lot of acquaintances and other people who feature in my life, but I, I tend to I like to have close friends. Um, I don't like to have distant friends. I don't like to have friends that you see once, like, every six months and stuff. I'm not into that. Um, I like to have close relationships. And so, with all my friends, um, I I can talk about this sort of stuff. And obviously, with my podcast, like, I speak about my mental health very openly. Um, Uh And... That's a forum where I can control my output and I know that whoever listens is choosing to listen. So, it's quite different um, because Mm. if people are choosing to listen to a a mental health podcast, then they're listening with the full knowledge that they might hear me talk about my mental health and they can stop immediately and I'll never know. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) when it comes to my family, um, I just really struggle to bring it up. I really struggle to bring it up and- yeah. And most of the time it's cuz I don't want to talk about it because um because it is uncomfortable. It's not it's not mm. so uncomfortable that I refuse to do it, that I would shut it down, but it's really hard to talk about. Um especially given the way that uh you know, when your parents obviously if you're if your kid is struggling with something a lot and it's something that's gone throughout his childhood, then I think that there would be a natural reaction to look at that and think, do I have something to do with that? And I never want anyone to feel responsible for my own struggle. And so talking with my family is difficult because they knew me before I struggled with my mental health and they know me now and they raised me the whole time. And I. I don't want them to feel um, responsible. And I also, I feel insecure a little bit around anyone who knew me before I struggled with my mental health. When I meet someone afterwards, it's easy, because the only person they can compare me to is me. But when, when people have known me since um, since days when I was the happiest kid, man, I was a, the smiliest child, and I used to just be the most easygoing little kid around. And without a worry in the world, and to me, that person is just, it's not me anymore. And I find it tough to watch videos of my old self because I see that person that I'm not anymore. And I know that my parents and anyone who's known me since before I was a teenager saw that side of me. And I, I know that they can see that I'm not that person anymore. And that's tough for me. So my answer is... That I can, but it needs to be brought up by someone else, and even then, I'm not super comfortable talking about it. Sometimes I am. It's kind of like sometimes I feel more comfortable than others, depending on my mood. I think, um, but I really struggle to bring it up, and I, I don't think it's because of the culture of them necessarily. I know that they understand, and what well, that they understand that it's me- a mental illness, and they they think it's a real thing. Um, obviously they Mm. don't understand my experience because no one can really, apart from me, um, because it's my own experience. Um, but yeah, I don't think it's culturally influenced to do with my difficulty. I think it's to do with, um, my feelings of not wanting anyone to feel guilt over my situation and also just struggling to reconcile with the fact that I'm a very different person to the person who I used to be.
1: Hmm interesting
0: so that was probably not where you thought it was going to go yeah but (laughs) but
1: no that that's an honest answer and i think listeners and myself appreciate that i think i think for me it 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 does bring about a lot more culture because like the cultural difference between um myself and my parents are i think quite drastic um Because like, as I said earlier, um, we're we're coming, we're the most aware in terms of how to deal with mental health um, compared to prior, like previous years, like people Mm. and generations before us. So I think many, I can't speak with confidence like this, but just by looking at my own parents, I think um, how they look at mental health is very um, shallow to the point where depression is just being sad and you got to just toughen up and get over it, that kind of thing. But I think the term like, um, because like, if I'm honest, right, I can see my own father going through depression from the past couple years and I only started to realize that once I started to be more intentional with my relationship with him mom i think she's built different and her faith kind of puts her through like hills and mountains and different types of um struggles that come her way but my dad i think the more and more i spend time with him i get to see that human side of him and that broken that um you know um yeah just a human like he's just a human just like me and i think the such an interesting part of it is that he he denies it himself that he is suffering, even though he would explain it and express it in different ways. When he has yeah. episodes where he can't contain it and like just has to tell people or like tell tell me about it, and then he would deny it. He's like, "I'm fine. Like nothing's wrong with me. I gotta, you know." we got a roof over our head we got you know we got food on the table we got food mm. in the fridge and all that like everything around me says i'm should be okay so i'm okay kind of thing yeah which is yeah. in one sense it's like the one of the it's a big form of denial that he has but i've experienced that same thing man i've yeah. experienced
0: that same thing of like when when you you're grateful for what you have it's hard to admit that you're upset about it yeah because it's just like i shouldn't feel this way like things exactly. are good
1: yeah yeah so yeah so when i when I see that side of like my dad, I think it's even harder like i don't I myself don't struggle with um mental health um issues, so I don't necessarily feel the need to like just say um share a struggle that I have for myself, but it's hard to even bring up mental health for my dad that i clearly see because i don't know there's this there's a huge cultural thing of like um you know um get over it kind of thing i don't know There's this yeah. there's a part of him that i see that's so clearly that like i shouldn't be struggling like it's it's whatever like shake it off just have a good meal just we'll get past this kind of thing and it's yeah. his own way of kind of going through it but There's a part of me where I I want to help him so bad, but I just can't talk about it because it's like he'll just deny it and we'll end up arguing. But yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What a way to finish the question or the topic, but... Yeah, it's so, you, so, it's so so far reaching. It's just yeah.
0: just one more question, because this this actually got asked to me for the first time in a long like I've never been asked this before. Yeah. I only got asked this this year. Um it's the only time I've ever been asked this question, but someone asked me, Do you feel like you've had cultural boundaries with your parents and um, or with your dad? Because that's what they meant because of his Jamaican heritage. Yeah. And I was just like, No. Just straight away, no, and like I don't, I don't because, um. I I just don't. He he's I, I think he grew up in England, and so like a lot of, like he's got Jamaican identity, but I don't know. Maybe I haven't spent enough time in Jamaica to uh, to maybe if I did, I'd start recognizing things that that are present in my dad. Maybe, yeah. But um, I've never really seen things that he does as Jamaican or anything. It's always just been like based on. English and Australian culture, so, and my parents have adapted to Australian culture a little bit, like, um, there's still certain things that are English about them, but, um, yeah, they haven't been, like, rigid, necessarily, um, they haven't, like, held on to their cultural background tightly, um, so I personally, the answer for me is no, I, I don't feel any cultural boundaries with my, with my parents. What about you? Do you, like you've said that your parents are still very Korean and they have said to you at times that like you're Australian. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like that distance, <laughs> that cultural distance?
1: Definitely. It's so weird because like I'm a, I'm a, yeah, I can agree and say I'm an Aussie with a Korean, Korean skin. Inside, I'm quite Aussie, <laughs> but I got Korean skin. Do you know what I mean? So like yeah, when I, one of the biggest arguments that we might come to is like, as I said, like numbers of times throughout this, this episode where it's like hierarchy, respect and like traditions is such a big um, part of Korean culture where it's like, there's certain things that is taboo when it comes to talking about with your dad. There is that that distinction of like there's a boundary and there's there's a sphere of topics and concerns and talks that you can have with your dad, but this you shouldn't touch unless he brings right. it up. So, there is like that, what for example um, you shouldn't you shouldn't touch um, what he might be doing um, wrong as a parent so heated right, arguments yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> heated arguments that you might have where it's like you start to challenge or question his how he's doing things or how he's running something or whatever it may be right I guess in one, one sense it's not even just Korean culture but I understand that you shouldn't be like it's disrespectful that's what it is to put it bluntly what, what I would, might have done in the past but yeah like I think for me, my understanding, and maybe I'm just like, not really speaking with enough, like, I don't know, like, I can't say with like, an experience as a parent, because I'm not one. But I think the expectation I have for like, just say me, and if I have a child or son or a daughter, is if, if they see a flaw in me, I should be able to humbly listen to what their concern or they think of how i'm doing things that's how i like to see like if that makes sense like if they're like dad like humble enough to accept criticism exactly exactly like there is a there is a distinction you're the parent and they're the child but if you're clearly in the wrong you should be able to swallow that hard pill and be like okay like maybe i need to change but that's like to
0: reference the the most recent episode of the self care project. Yeah. Um, without faith, sorry, without doubt, you'll be an ego driven fool. But without faith, you'll be forever lost. Hmm. And when it comes to parenting, it's like you need that faith in what you're doing because otherwise, you'll just be constantly anxious that you're doing things wrong and that you're failing as a parent. But you also need that like yeah. that doubt, that little bit of humility mm-hmm. to to admit, hey. I might be doing this wrong as well. You need that to, to balance that faith yeah. and doubt, or faith and humility.
1: Mm. Yeah. So, like when I'm when I'm saying this as well, it's like I've had conversations with other, uh, um, us us Korean Aussies. We just call each other cosies. But I've had conversations with other cosies where it's like they're a bit older than me as well, and they'll just say, "Oh." Bro, you just gotta cop it. When they when it comes to that heated right. argument where it's like you know that they're in the wrong, but yeah, just give in. Just cop it. Just respect them. Apologize. Get over it. And then that's the best way to deal with it. And like for me, that's just like I can't accept that because of my personality. <laughs> like when I believe something yeah. to be right, then I'll fight to it to the end kind of thing same same i'm such a stuff like but that's (laughs) an interesting dynamic between you and me is that we're able to still leave the table with like agree to disagree sometimes not to that extent it's like we both leave with something but yeah because because when you when we can see that the other person believes in
0: something and that there is a logic to that belief yeah then we can be like, you know what? I respect that. Yeah. Um, but there's some difference in our beliefs. Yeah. But there is still logic in both of our beliefs. Yeah. And that's that humility to see like, hey, my way is not the only way. But when you when you're looking at someone like- solidly do something and you can tell that they don't even fully believe in it and yeah. it's just like so clearly misguided and they're just deliberately missing the point then it's so hard to just be like Deleted, yeah i agree right? to disagree <laughs> especially especially when they don't even allow you to agree to disagree that's the difference like for yeah, me man. it would be like you like saying something to me and it's like yeah i respect that but this is what i see and then i and then me being like no yeah. No, this is how it is. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah. just like, yeah, yeah. I can see that, but this is just how I believe in it. And it's just like, no, no, you're <laughs> wrong. And some people are like that. They just can't let you have your own way of seeing things. But mm. um, yeah, I, like it's funny because a lot of what you said about Korean culture crosses over to, um, I wouldn't say like Australian culture or English culture, but just it's, it is present. It's not like it's only in korean culture or it's only in a certain culture like yeah the stuff that we're talking about are they're present in every culture but they're just more of a trend or more of a like more important to some particular cultures and so you, you see them more yeah. consistently there
1: yeah yeah mm.
0: anyway i think we should probably wrap this up yeah, because man, this ended up even though
1: a lot longer than i thought it would yeah be.
0: It, we we might be able to get it under two hours with the editing, but we've just crossed the two hour mark on the recording. Wow. So
1: this might oh, be our be longest episode.
0: No, it won't be. Really? I don't think so. I don't think it will be. Depends Ten on. Anniversaries was pretty long, right?
1: That's true. Depending on how long it goes down to after editing, but yeah.
0: Yeah, maybe it will be the longest one. Yeah. So that that's going to be about four hours of editing because it's about double the length of the hey. recording that's how long it takes to that's edit
1: that's how that's the work that Jack puts in guys you guys should send him encouragement emails and like follow the self care project and like every post cuz he puts in You know in the what work. I would appreciate there there is one thing that I would appreciate
0: more than anything in response to the editing work do you shoot, know what that shoot, is david shoot. it's to leave us a five star review of Apple us <laughs> <podcast. laughs>
1: Ah, I didn't see this all coming. I should have seen it coming. Wow.
0: Help us grow the show, guys. That just
1: snuck in like- Come on. Wow. (laughs) Amazing. You're amazing,
0: bro. Five star written review on Apple Podcasts. (laughs) And go into the, the draw to win one of the last two or three Funko Pops. We got- We had two- We got Baby Yoda. We've got Tupac. And- Steve Irwin. Yeah. So we've got three left. If you want one of those three Funko Pops, guys, leave us a five star written review on Apple Podcasts, which is going to help the show grow and reach more people. Yes. Um But they, they Apple Apple Podcasts like the algorithm of um, shows getting five star written reviews, so uh-huh. it's important to write one though, and we'll give you a shout out on the show, and we'll send you out a Funko Pop. So yeah, help grow do the that.
1: community, guys. Show us love. We show you love back. That's how it is. We've
0: already had two winners with Brandon winning. Um, what did he pick? He picked uh, Agent J from Men in S- Black.
1: Yeah, Will Smith with the doggo. Yeah,
0: and we've had Simon Bernardo win um, Thanos. Thanos. Yes. Yeah. Did you send that to him? We, No, because we need to meet up because I know Simon personally, so I'm, I don't want to pay for the postage. <laughs> <laughs> So Simon, if you're listening to this, let's message me and we'll, we'll organize to meet up and I'll give you the Funko Pop and we'll, we'll hang out. Sweet. Yeah, man. This is how I talk to my friends now. I just leave them a message at the end of my podcast. And if they don't listen, then, then clearly they they're not my it. friends.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, Any other things, been, Jack, before we close? No, it's
0: been good. It's been good. I don't think we really needed... I mean, discipline,
1: we could have touched on that,
0: but we didn't really. But um, I... I
1: Long story How about we just give a yes or no This like Or like Just oh like when you say discipline Do you mean Corporal Corporal punishment Or do you just mean discipline As in discipline
0: I mean I meant discipline But I guess corporal punishment And by corporal punishment You mean like being hit
1: Yeah Let's not go into that Let's not go into that Maybe not Let's
0: not incriminate our family
1: (laughs) (laughs) Please call child help No, please. please. <laughs> 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 All right, let's close up, man. Um, did you want to do
0: the honors? Absolutely. So, guys, you can follow us on Instagram at The Artist Notepad. You can give us a like and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash The Artist Notepad. And send us an email at artistnotepad at gmail.com because we would love to hear from any of you guys, especially yeah, yeah. if you're still listening. Good on you because these long episodes, we acknowledge that not everyone gets through the full thing. I know that most people stop listening before mm-hmm. the end. But if you did get through it, we really appreciate that. So, um, yeah, reach out to us and let us know if there's anything you want us to tackle on either the deep tan episodes like this one. So, you can basically message us any sort of deep and meaningful conversation topic. Yeah. Um. David and I have got another idea in the can as well. Mm-hmm. Um, let us know if there's a particular artist or if you are an artist. Let us know, and we might we might see what we can do about potentially getting you on the show. Yeah. And if there's any like album or film you want us to give a review, we can do that on our Tan and Chill series. And obviously, the artist would be on our Tan Artistry series. So please reach out to us. We love to interact with the fans. <laughs> yes,
1: that is all from me. <laughs> Well, thank you, for, thank you for joining us for another edition of Deep Tan Pizza. Pizza. Um, we'll catch you guys on the Chill App. Is that right? No, it will be an artistry app. Epi- artistry app. That was a joke. We'll catch you on the artistry app. <laughs> Until the next time. Peace. Peace.